This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris I saw this story. I almost couldn't believe it. Did you know that Mexico actually does something to protect its southern border? They don't just let anybody and everybody come walking through there. They've actually got like a, a border enforcement unit. I thought that it was hysterical, really, when you think about it. They don't seem to have any control or influence over the drug cartels. And what I tell you with these people, who they were and what they were arrested for, I think it's kind of going to blow your mind a little bit on a number of different fronts. That's the first story I want to talk about. And I want to talk about this whole uh, border issue a little bit. Not the typical ranting and, you know, they're diseased and they're rapists. And, you know, I don't know what the percentage of uh, problems are in the immigrant and illegal immigrant populations. Who knows? I mean, for all we know, we're getting strong, able-bodied, working men, you know. I don't know. Is that good or is that bad or does it matter? Uh, I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, all immigrants are certainly um, including all illegal immigrants, you know, but you don't know, which is, I guess, part of the problem. I don't know if you ever really know that these were expected that some kind of American agency working at the border is supposed to be able to do some kind of magical background checks on, on somebody out of Oaxaca. You know, Oaxaca may as well be the moon. You know, if you're in Chicago, I don't know how you, how you get that. Uh, how can you trust any paperwork or verification or even that the countries are going to cooperate? I don't know how all that works. We have immigration laws. Uh, they seem complicated. Why you need a lawyer, I don't know. Should it be made easier? Should there be a different approach? I don't know, but at the very least, I would say we can't just allow people to keep coming across the border. It's causing a lot of problems. So, you know, whether, you know, my theory is correct that, uh, you know, the the breakdown of anything within the immigrant and illegal immigrant populations is probably no different than the general population, you know, certainly with uh, some anomalies and certainly within a certain range. Um, you know, you look at things like uh, gun violence, right? Gun deaths. And you look at how the, the statistics vary throughout the world. Why would you expect that through these different cultures there wouldn't be, you know, other cultural differences within those variances? Um, you know, is this group more violent than that group? I, I do believe you see that. And, you know, even, even if it's just a 10% fluctuation, and you say for whatever reason, you know, people coming out of the ghetto, for whatever reason, people coming out of, um, uh, you know, third world countries, for whatever reason, they tend to be more violent. You say that's a 10% more violent. You know, that's uh, mostly nonviolent, right? It just depends on how optimistically you want to look at that. I guess on which end of it you're on. I'd say to you that a 10% swing could make a big difference. We'll get into all that a little bit more. But I think I want to um, hopefully just bring a little... It's destroying our country, for God's sake. I don't know how you can see it any other way. You can't do this. 
We don't have a country. If we don't have a border, we don't have a country. If we don't have a country, what are we paying taxes for? All right. I want to mention a couple things, though, before I really get going here. Because that kind of got away from me, didn't it? I want to talk a little bit about Russia, too. Catch up a little bit on that. Hey, here's a, here's a hair banger for you. This will send you sailing. BlackRock filed for bankruptcy. I've looked into it. If you can look into it, this is like breaking non-news. That the uh, largest hedge fund manager, what would you say? The assets that they have holdings in are everything. Everything. Uh, I don't know. I don't see how this isn't as big a deal as uh, Lehman Brothers. But nothing's being reported on it. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that on Friday. <laughs> You're like, what? It's a b- Look into it. I don't know what it means. I, I'm, it, there's no real uh, news. Uh, Bloomberg, password protected article, New York Times. I, I don't know how much there is in there that's really valuable or not. The rest of the stuff, it, blogs I've never heard of. I don't know how you can take any of that as being accurate. There was a, a hint that maybe it's like a, a credit piece of their business, you know, you know, not the whole thing. Well, as it turns out, and why isn't this being made public? 19 state attorney generals have sued BlackRock over their ESG push. This is huge. And I'm going to say to you uh, that I don't think BlackRock is feeling too good about the possibilities of winning if they're preempting it with bankruptcy. I don't get it. By the way, it looks like a complete sham bankruptcy. It'll be interesting to see if it gets thrown out. Judges can do funny things in these situations. I'm not uh, big on bankruptcy law. Maybe you know more than me. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I don't know if you heard that banging around there. Let me tell you what's going on, if I can just take a little break before I get into these mind-bending topics of the day. i got to solve the problems of the world here. You know, I do have a life. (laughs) Not much, but I do have a life outside of that. Actually, very little. But that's beside the point. It's like 10%. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, first of all, so let me tell you the studio here. I mentioned this yesterday. I'm really fired up. But this is one of those deals where I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? I was using these older computers. Now, interestingly, I remember when I got this, the computer that I'm working off of right now, which was the workhorse of the studio. And it's really just an awesome computer. I have a touch screen on it, which is just really hard to even come by at any kind of an affordable price. I like it for that reason. This should last a few more years as a... uh, I put it, moved it over to my, my desk here, which is cool because I'm standing. And you've heard me talk about this where sometimes I like to stand and do the podcast. I don't know, I just think it, it, um, it puts me in a different vibe. You know, and you're leaning back and you start to slouch and when you start getting tired and next thing you know, you're talking like this. And nobody's excited by that. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta sit down. I'm tired now. Uh, <laughs> um, Anyway, I like it, you know, to be able to stand. And this is different because this is my office desk, you know, is one of these lifting lids. I don't know what the hell you call these things. And uh, I hadn't used it in a while because the other computer monitor, which is a big curved screen monitor, have you ever seen those? It's awesome. Well, anyway, I got that off of my desk and put it in the studio portion of the studio where it belongs. It's all one room here. I just have a separate recording booth, if you will. Three-sided. Right? It's got 
all kinds of sound dampening over there. But the whole studio does. And I've been re- now I'm, re- I'm recording. I'm not in that booth right now. I'm over here at my desk standing. And I'm not standing like I was over in the recording booth. I know this is all weird, but it's just nice with the, um, you know, the desk up and the monitor up. And it just it feels natural. I'm just enjoying standing here talking to you. You know, the two things I love to do, stand and talk to you. Not really. I like to eat more than I like to stand. Uh, what have I had good recently? I was thinking about adding like a cooking tab on the uh, on the website. I, you know, there's so many fun things we could do, uh, but there's only so much time. And I got to really just, I got to really think carefully about what I commit myself to. What am I busy with? Well, still, you know, I love working around the house. So here's the deal. I got these uh, truckload of these giant logs. What do I mean when I say logs? So I had uh, my pickup truck bed full. um, And when I went to get them, uh, they had to load them with the backhoe. And I didn't really put all this together. And the truck's a 250 Super Duty. So uh, what does that have? I think it's uh, got a one-ton rating on that truck. And... um, you know, it didn't even really, it actually drove just fine with those logs in the back. Well, it wasn't until I went to get them off, and I'm like, holy smokes, what have I done here? And um, I don't know if you remember the story back in the winter. It was actually the same truck. I got stuck in my driveway on the ice, slid down and broke the fence. So I'm bringing these logs back. I'm thinking, self, stay away from the fence. No kidding. I lower the tailgate and the first log, and this is probably... Uh, I don't know, 24 inch, 30 inches around, okay, and probably, you know, 32 inches, 30 inches long, 24 inches long, oak, not completely dry, and i put it to you this way, they were trying to break them in half with the backhoe for me, and they're having trouble, <laughs> so uh, this stuff is just super dense, well, anyway, I lower the tailgate, and I roll this thing off, and what does it do? Rolls down and bangs into the gate of the fence. I have uh, like a double gate to get the mowers through. And I'm thinking, and it didn't break anything. Actually, it popped out the eyelet on the uh, hook latch, which um, we don't really use that anyway. Yes, we do. I got to go fix that. <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, our dogs got out the other day. The police came. We weren't home. And uh, our cleaning lady was here. Well, she was vacuuming. Somebody saw the dogs get out, tried to bring them to the house. Nobody's answering the door. So the lady who brought the dogs over, she got concerned. And, uh, you know, maybe something was wrong. So she called the police. <laughs> the police are here. We're not here. This is hilarious, right? And actually, it was just the, our one dog, BB. She gets out, squeezed through the, uh, the landscaper was here. Didn't put the bottom latch on. And there she goes, off and running. I'm like, let her go. You know, I'm not going to fight with her. I'm not tired of feeding her anyway. I'm kidding. I love BB. BB's a 70-pound pit bull lap dog. Hilarious. Pick this dog up and put her in my, you ought to see her. And she lays on her back, and she puts her head back, and she'll give you a kiss if you lean in, which is uh, her breath is a little suspect, you know what I mean? Anyway, I got this truckload of logs. I, lo- I lo- roll the first big thing off, and I'm like, good Lord, I went, what am I going to do with this thing? So 
I go to I go to pick it up, and there's just no way I can pick it up. And I'm thinking, you idiot. They loaded this stuff with the backhoe. What did you think was going to happen when you got home? You know, I'm like, oh, man, what have I done to myself, right? So I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to drop it, you know, here in the grass off the edge of the driveway, and I'm going to have to split it to move it. You know, I was like, if I could split it in half, you know, I'll just take the splitting maul and whack on that thing and hope for the best, I guess. Hope it splits open. I'm gonna need, I, while you watch, I'm going to need to get a second maul for this stuff. Uh, but anyway, I was able to move it. I go get a hand truck. I can't get the, can't get it to move with the hand truck because uh, it's awkward shape and it won't you know won't stay on the uh, on the base there. So I had this yard cart and uh, it's got like a 400 pound capacity, and uh, you know I was able to roll uh, lean that thing forward like you would to dump it, and I was able to roll this log on. I had to stick my foot behind the wheel. So that it wouldn't roll back and roll this along on my own, I'll break my foot or, or it's going to roll off. I, I busted up my forearm, not doing that, actually loading the logs. I mean, these things are big and heavy. The thing slipped and, and it ripped my arm open. It's a it's, uh, pretty good gash there. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I get this thing in the cart and I'm like, oh my goodness. I had a truckload of this stuff. That, that was the, the, the hardest one. The other ones I could move. Uh, I could pick up, except for one, which I was able to move with the hand truck. I'm like, how am I going to get this thing on the fire, for God's sake? Oh, you say, what do you mean on the fire? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, this is stuff I'm not splitting. It's gnarly oak and ash. I mean, to split it would be, some of it you could. But uh, no, I'm telling you, for outdoor campfire stuff, what we've got this honed in as, and uh, you, you can call me uh, redneck if you want. I don't care. I'm having a good time. Whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a good time. I I have a, a, a I wouldn't say expensive, but it wasn't cheap. A, a metal fire pit, big old thing, 30s. It's falling apart. It's uh, two, three years old, falling apart. And you burn so much wood in that thing because, I don't know, it just doesn't really, all the heat goes up and away. You just don't get it. So I did a little test. I just dug a hole in the ground, and I found it to be very enjoyable. And you put some big old hacking logs on there, and they burn nice and slow so you can enjoy yourself instead of constantly putting more wood on the fire. And that small stuff, it's like a flash bang. You know, it's constantly fire, no fire, fire, no fire. And no, you just drop like three big logs on there. And kick back. Now you got to get a fire going first, and I got a whole technique for that. I was talking to a guy I know, and he said, uh, "Yeah, I'm not good at lighting fires, so I got a gas outdoor thing." Let me tell you something. Rule number one: If you're a guy and you don't know how to light a fire, you don't admit that. That's not something you go around telling. Hey, guess what? I don't know how to light. We don't talk like that. For God's sake. You know, you'd be like, how do you, if you wouldn't need one to learn, you'd be like, well, so wh- what's your technique? <laughs> I'll tell you my technique, but I'm not going to tell you right now. Maybe Friday. we got to get into the, the issue at hand here. The studio's looking good. we got big firewood for the fall. And, uh, oh, my daughter doesn't know yet. I think I left them in the car. I'm going to have to get some new ones. I'm sure they melted. They're chocolate balls with marshmallow in them, and you warm up milk, and you drop these in there, and it makes... Uh, uh, hot chocolate, and I'm thinking, oh, we got a, a ceramic metal pot, 
we could put on that fire and get some some milk going out there and drop those in there on a cold night and get big old roaring fire with the big logs. Come on. That's some good living. I don't care I don't care who you are. That's how you who doesn't like a fire and a little hot chocolate. Maybe we'll put a little whiskey in there. Who knows? Maybe we're going to add a little hot cocoa. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We'll see what happens. But I think it would be good to be out there. Actually, you know what we're doing tonight? My daughter, I'll tell you this, and I'm going to get to the, the, the topic here. She pulls out one of those ad lib things. You remember those things? <laughs> we're having a blast. I said to her, I said, you know, I said, uh, I think it would be a really good time to, uh, to do that out by the fire. And uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I think it's something we'll fit in. It could be a good time. Have a little hot cocoa and some laughs. That was the good thing. We were laughing. I thought to myself, for the love of God, you hear me talking. Who's la- who laughs anymore? Who's laughing? Who's having a good time? Tell You tell me. I'd love to hear something. Tell me something funny that happened or, or something you saw. Please. I, like, I'm not seeing it. I was having such a good time laughing and giggling. Adverb. <laughs> knowingly is that an adverb i don't know let's get into the topic at hand shall we 20 minutes in um mexico uh arrested these lev tahor cult members what they're saying 20 jews they say this is the jerusalem post being reported reporting this here this really caught my eye you can look at it the the links are link is in the show notes some 20 Jews belonging to the extremist Lev Tahor, if I'm saying that correctly, I don't know. Lev Tahor sect were arrested, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, arrested in raids by Mexican immigration authorities. Isn't that something? So you can check this out for yourself. But uh, this group uh, is really ostracized, to say the least. They're talking about going to Iran, where apparently they've made a deal and pledge allegiance to uh, the Ayatollah or something crazy like that. Um, they're accused of marrying young women and with you know older men. Um, you know, anyway, it's interesting to me that, that Mexico is going to crack down, and this is what they're going to crack down on. Pretty fascinating when you think about it. Uh, but it was an eye-opener to me to think that uh, even Mexico realizes that there's got to be some kind of control on, on immigration. And I don't know how much control they have. I, I'm going to say probably very little, I think, is the answer to that, you know, judging by uh, all the people that are coming through their border. But they're still going to put some limitations. But So that's part one. Part two, look where they put the limitations on highly conservative Jews. And you say, well, um, it's because they're, they're, you know, raping young girls, basically. Some people would say that. And I say, okay, uh, is that true? Uh, we don't know. Um, I don't know that there's been a trial. I don't know the details of it, quite frankly. And maybe it is true. Maybe this is a very evil, vile cult group, like they're saying. I don't know. But look at what the, um, the the drug lords are doing in the other parts of Mexico. Uh, you know, it's crazy, really, the impact. But yet, nothing's really done about it, here or there, quite frankly. So why is there this fear of 
Hasidic Jews, and that's not really technically correct to say that, versus the drug cartels. Amazing when you think about it. Speaking of amazing, you know, the, the governors of Texas and DeSantis from Florida, I'm not sure how this is working out, if, if Florida's chipping in for the buses or what, but, you know, they're trucking, busing these illegal immigrants to these um, sanctuary cities and dropping them off. And in some cases, they're going bonkers, right? Uh, I don't know why more aren't going up there to uh, Martha's Vineyard. I mean, in my opinion, um, you know, I, I think more of that needs a lot more. I mean, hit, hit them where it hurts. You know, make a big, it's amazing. They'll bring in the military there to, for a response. But if, if Texas tries to do it or when Arizona tried to, oh, you know, they make, want to make it sound like it's a crime, even now, right? That these, uh, this activist group is going to sue DeSantis over busing migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Fascinating, really. Who's that lawyer? You know, we got a real problem with lawyers in this country. Lawyers creating a lot of problems. And look, if you're a lawyer and you're an ethical person, you know, I'm sorry you get uh, connected with that. Uh, I don't believe that all lawyers are bad by any stretch, uh, any more than I group anything else together. But the fact of the matter is that the profession and the industry almost completely lack oversight. You know, they say that they're supposed to self-police, but that's not happening. And since it's not happening, why isn't a greater control being put in place? So, uh, and even with the self-policing, there's no real ramifications. You know, you'll see these political hits where they disbar Giuliani and Clinton and anybody who's in office ends up getting disbarred by the opposing party for some reason. And, you know, depending on who and what you want to believe, all of them should be disbarred or some of them or whatever. Who knows the truth and all that. But, you know, best I can tell, none of these disbarred politician lawyers really suffer anything. I mean, there's no real consequences. And uh, it's doing a lot of damage. And this is a great case. You know, this, this lawyer who's going to help illegal immigrants sue a sitting governor. What kind of pig does that? What kind of selfish pig, anti-American, anti-patriotic pig does something like that? And I know that's a strong thing to say, especially like that. But what else do you say? You know, I, uh, I, w- I would love to speak to these people. Let me, come on, let's talk on the podcast there, uh, uh, attorney. Um, you know, th- tell me the logic of this, that these illegal immigrants uh, that have broken the law and, and that you're going to sue on their behalf an American citizen and a sitting governor, no less. You know, what, what does the uh, activist group lawyer stand to gain from this? Who's footing the bill for that? Well, they say it's Soros. And I don't know if that's true. Who's reporting that? The post-millennial? I, I don't know. I'm sure it's in other places you could look into it yourself. I don't know how, how they didn't know that. I really don't. Um, who's to say, really? 
And what does it even mean? Uh, you know, Soros is funding these things. Uh, it's, I think that there's little doubt that Soros is funding things, what things, or whether this specifically, I don't know. But it's like um, a, a political uh, uh, terrorism, legal terrorism that we're engaging in from some, you know, uh, foreign citizen funding some crackpot lawyer where there's going to be no consequences on behalf of illegal immigrants. That, that the hardworking, taxpaying people of the United States are going to have to pay to defend this crap. If it's not enough that our land and our, our schools and our hospitals and our prisons are being completely overrun, completely polluted by this raw filth that just pours in here without anybody checking. And you say, that's racist to say that. Okay, listen. Good, decent people don't just move to somebody else's country and take over. And to the flip side, and I've said this many times, good and decent people protect their borders for the safety of their own citizens first, and so that we're in a position to help other people. And I've argued that uh, the response that we have is inhumane, completely inhumane, to allow illegal immigrants to pour in here. The crime is not enforcing the law at the border. And you want to blame Abbott and DeSantis. I think it's great. And, you know, and what they're riling up is amazing. And, and bring in the fight, which is something that we need to be proud of as Republicans. But listen to this a second. I argued that we should build uh, some tent cities down along the border. I mean, we have a bona fide migrant crisis, all right? And it's not Mexicans, so don't tell me I'm racist. All right, now, I bet you if you check the, the, the status, uh, a few of them, if it's half are Mexican, I'd be surprised. But you've got Somalis, Afghans, Nigerians, and look, it's, 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 not a, it's not a problem that they come from these places. The problem is that you're not, you're not getting people. You think uh, somebody who, who walks, you know, 2,000 miles, and they're not really walking 2,000 miles. You know that, right? It's uh, Soros-funded, and uh, from what I understand, a lot of it's Catholic Church-funded, that they fund the, these uh, transportation arrangements. And... Um, you know, they'll, they'll put them in, in, in any kind of vehicle they can. Sometimes they don't make it alive. You know, so who are the people? They say, well, they're looking for a better life. They're leaving their kids behind. Crazy things. And you could say, well, these stories go back in immigration. Listen, those people that are coming through illegally, uh, you know, it, I'm going to say if I had to guess, and I don't know. Nobody knows because nobody's checking. So I can't be any more or less right or wrong than anybody else who's talking about it. But I would say to you that it wouldn't surprise me that the rate of crime and, and rape and, and incest and mental health and all these things is not at least double, if not triple, with this illegal migrant population. Um, what's the number of um, unaccompanied minors? Who does this? What kind of people does this? You have to ask. These are not good and decent people. And I'm not saying that they should be ignored. 
I'm certainly not saying that they should be treated poorly. And it, and it is poor to just allow them to come into the country. I've argued this before. Yeah, it's inhumane to dump them in the middle of Martha's Vineyard where they don't know anybody anywhere to go. They had no idea where they were going, so they don't know anybody here. They don't have any connections. So whether they dumped in El Paso or Martha's Vineyard, you tell me what's the difference. You tell me what's the difference that down in El Paso they got this little town and they're dealing with thousands of these a day, but somehow in Martha's Vineyard, 50 of them get dropped off and, oh, oh, ah, it's inhumane. Sue the governor. Stop calling the National Guard, for God's sake. They're carrying mules around. Help, help, help. And all the while, scowling at the very people that are really suffering. No care in the world for the, for the immigrants. All of a sudden, they oh, 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 shut them out, shut them out of here, shut them out of here. Yeah, real quick to act, right? Funny how no more have gone there, right? It goes both ways. You know, you didn't see Black Lives Matter uh, march. They they had these lines, right? Uh, where'd those lines come from? Somebody knew it was being allowed to happen. Well, I said. We should have a tent city along the border. And I think Trump actually proposed another one of those things. I spoke about it, and then Trump spoke about it. ESP, I presume. Uh, it was interesting. So then they're, oh, oh, you can't do that. So you need to dump them on the streets and let them fend for themselves, but providing them a tent and some kind of services. And by the way, do you understand what it is to provide a tent city? It's not just a matter of, of the tent and a cot. you got to provide security food. Here's another thing. Human beings, they're weird. You know, despite all the technological advancement, people still have to pee and poop like multiple times a day. All right. It doesn't seem like a big deal because every time you go, you just conveniently flush and it just magically disappears. Right. But that's not always the case if you're out in the middle of, uh, say, the Arizona desert. How are you going to deal with all that? Just dealing with that for a thousand people, five, how many are coming across the day? Thousands and thousands. And how inhumane is it that we allow these people to do it? It's no less inhumane than allowing people just to, to go down uh, um, to Kensington, Philadelphia and, and shoot up in the open air and, and destroy themselves and everything around them. It's the same thing happening with, e- with illegal immigration. These people have no chance at a real life when they come here and say, well, this place is giving them this and that. They're at the mercy. They're not able to vote, at least in most places. And so they're like indentured servitudes. Where's their representation? They'll never have it. And they can't. I'm not arguing that they should. Just the opposite. No. But it's not fair to just allow it to happen. Worse yet, encourage it when you do give little nuggets here and there. And you say, well, I'll give you a little taste of this, but you're never really going to enjoy. How racist is that? How racist is that? It's wrong. Either way, allowing people just to wander on, you'll figure it out. What? It's nuts, really, when you think about it. Well, New York decides they're going to put up a, uh, some giant tents to house the migrants. Fascinating, right? After Democrats said how evil of an idea it was. Um, What is this? Um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now facing a migrant-based lawsuit. And um, something about the Pope here. Looks like the Pope spoke. I don't see the evidence of that. All right, bad, bad link there.
let me move on to this uh, Russia story. Anyway, let's back to the border a second, real quick. I, I don't know how Biden and our government can defend this, just allowing the border to be overrun. You know, it's destroying schools in many areas, uh, destroying welfare systems, destroying criminal justice systems. It's making large uh, areas around the country unlivable, such as Kensington, Philadelphia. But that's, you know, Kensington, Philadelphia is an egregious example. It, it goes so far and wide, right? You get down to Baltimore or North Philadelphia or Western Cincinnati. Has anybody here listening been to Western Cincinnati recently? It looks like a stinking war zone. I mean, it's beyond a war zone, really. Few people lurking in the shadows. Very strange. Why isn't at least the demolished and the land reclaimed? There's an environmental movement for you. We say there's this homeless problem. There's tens of thousands of units in western Cincinnati that are well available. I don't know. What do you, you know, what do you, so all these are, and then it, it doesn't stop there. That's the big cities. I, you know, of course, I'm not everywhere, but I know that you get two hours outside of Philadelphia in the Pocono region of Philadelphia, and you will find vast areas of Section 8 housing and lots of people on welfare and lots of drug problems and mental health. And these places, uh, it's, it's strange to be. And it's becoming more and more of our country. That's just my observation. We got to control the border, bottom line. That's the first step for everybody's benefit. Listen, I'm pro immigration. Let people show that they're, you know, understand the laws and how things work and that they're prepared to assimilate into our culture, the political party of their choosing, I guess. But you got to go through the legal process just like you would anybody else. Let's talk about Russia for a second. I don't know how you look at what's going on and don't think that it's concerning. But on the other hand, the news is just so hype, 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 hype. I wonder if this war, as I've thought for a long time, isn't some kind of a cover for the financial collapse, which there's has every indication right now that there's an imminent major crash coming. I've said that, look, I don't know. It's, it, this is, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but I'm going to tell you, in uh, 2006, my, I was in real estate, land development, uh, multifamily, active adult housing, and uh, we were doing quite a few, you know, quite a bit of business volume for the area, and uh, my employer sent me down to Washington, D.C., to listen to some economy, we want to know what was going to happen. And they said, well, it's going to be a soft landing. Okay, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a dip, but, uh, you know, soft landing, little adjustment, life goes on. Well, home building and real estate went off a cliff a short time later, too. It wasn't like it took very long. And it wasn't like a war erupted or a natural disaster. No, it was, matter of fact, uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, that recession probably was we were already in at the time I was listening to this BS. And I don't think that any of us really um, uh, believed it. And I think I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I have a good friend of mine, also in real estate, on the engineering side of things. Um, 
And I remember we were talking at that time, and the, the, at that time, I think there were like $600,000 single homes, and they were just selling like hotcakes. And we, and at that time, and this is, you know, uh, 2006, right? So the numbers, the math is a little different than today. And we say to ourselves, um, you know, who's buying all these things? How are they affording these things? Well, lo and behold, they couldn't, you know? It was amazing. You know, so you see these, well, anyway, bottom line is this. It's far worse now. The indications that I see to me uh, are far scarier. Uh, that said, there's a lot of cash out there. Employment remains seemingly strong, and I expect uh, simple demographics that that's going to remain the case, in which case it's hard to have a, a, a meaningful recession when employment is strong. That's a big deal. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'd prepare for the worst as best you can. I, we are doing everything we can. And everything I've done so far, I'm happy we did. So what's going on with Russia? Uh, you know, we thought, oh, maybe Russia's going to pull back. I never really believed that. They're claiming these territories where they're having this voting. And I love how the media now is saying they're sham elections, as opposed to what? Our uh, ironclad elections? Hmm, pretty funny, right? Here's the, the article here from The Guardian. Why bother voting? A lot of people here say the same exact thing. So whatever, Russia's having these referendum votes, I guess they are, basically asking the people that are left in these areas. It is kind of funny. You know, who's left? And, you know, they, they rooted out anybody who was not loyal to Russia, which they claim is a large percentage of the population. How do you know? I don't know. I mean, is this like, you know, us rescuing Texas? You know, what if, what if Texas broke off and became its own country and, and sun, suddenly under the, uh, they'll take California. Suppose California broke off and, and somehow became aligned with, with China and Russia. Wouldn't, wouldn't we be, you know, fighting on some level to get California back? Well, not in our lifetime, because <laughs> looking at it right now, what the heck's going on in California? Well, you can have to seal off that part of the border, too. I'm kidding around, but you see what I'm saying? I mean, it really is Russian territory in some aspects. You know, in, in today's era of open borders, they say, oh, no, it's a democracy, and they get to choose who they want to be. Well, listen, Russia says otherwise, right? And uh, so far, Russia seems to be controlling these areas. I don't know. We heard about, you know, the Ukraine's pushback and valiant fighting and Russia on their heels. And none of that seems to be panning out. I mean, we're talking about the weather. The big news right now is this hurricane, which, by the way, you remember when they made fun of Trump for the Sharpie thing, right? You know, look at the trajectory of this this uh, hurricane. I've never seen it. Right up the middle of Florida. It's going to take out the whole eastern seaboard. They have to do anything they can to keep people distracted off of, from what's really going on. And in all seriousness on this Russia-Ukraine thing, I don't know, they keep throwing around this nuclear weapon thing. Don't use nukes. I mean, I didn't, is Russia threatening to use nukes? I think they said they, they did, but then when you really looked at what they said, it was just uh, something different than that. I don't know. Did you hear about the damage to the uh, gas pipeline? The remaining, I forget the name of it now, but uh, people are suspecting that it was the United States. At the very least, it was sabotage, uh, basically a manufactured energy crisis. The Keystone pipeline here abandoned. How much would that have saved things in Russia or in Europe? They're cutting off the supplies. What do you say? It's crazy. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.